Hey everyone, this is Varsh. Welcome back to the Monkey's Playground, where today I'll be talking to you about my review and observations from the movie It. This 2017 adaptation is based on the 1986 Stephen King novel of the same name. The 2017 adaptation actually, though, broke many records, grossing over $217 million worldwide. Critics have given positive reviews for this movie, and Rotten Tomatoes ranks it the same as Conjuring, with a rating of 86%. So the film features seven young children in Derry, Maine. They're about to actually face the worst nightmare of their lives, an ancient shape-shifting evil that emerges from the sewer every 27 years to prey on the town's children. They band together over the course of the summer, and the children must overcome their own personal fears to battle the murderous, bloodthirsty clown known as Pennywise. Just want to give all the listeners a huge spoiler warning. I will be discussing this movie and the book heavily in detail. Another warning to any listeners out there that choose to listen to this commentary, I will be using the terms Lucky 7 and Losers Club interchangeably. Lucky 7 was the name that the kids gave themselves in the 1990 miniseries, and the Losers Club is the name that was given to them by the bullies in school and often used in the novel and on screen in this 2017 adaptation. So Losers Club, Lucky 7, they're both one and the same. Losers Club was used mostly in the novel and Lucky 7 was used in the 1990 miniseries adaptation. Okay, so before I really start this podcast, I do want to give a quick shout out to Soul Candle. Their channel actually has the full track of this creepy ominous music that you are listening to as the background music to my podcast. As far as acting goes, the kids all did an amazing job in this film. My favorite kid was actually Richie Tozier, played by Finn Wolfhard, who is no stranger to the world of film and TV, as he's actually Mike Wheeler from Stranger Things. Finn definitely bought to the film the comic relief tone, making the film all the more entertaining for me to watch. As for Pennywise the Dancing Clown, Bill Skarsgård delivered an amazing performance. In fact, it was so good, I'm convinced now that if I do have kids someday, I definitely do not want clowns showing up to their birthday parties. It was that good. Although I haven't seen the 1990 miniseries yet, I am still very much attached to Bill Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise the Clown. So I have no comparison to base it off of, but it was still an amazing performance nonetheless. This brings me actually to a very interesting point. In the novel, we see Stephen King actually explicitly say that Pennywise the Clown is both female and pregnant. And then we also know that Pennywise the Clown tends to have a more male-like persona and he takes on genderless or more fluid forms when he is shape-shifting into the different fears for the children. So could this mean that Pennywise is actually gender fluid? It possibly could be. I mean, that's just my theory and my observation from reading the book and seeing what I've seen on screen. So that's just an interesting thought that Pennywise the Clown could actually be very much gender fluid, which is interesting for Stephen King to have written in the 1980s when things were not so liberal as they are right now with gender fluidity. 
So prior to watching the movie, I had actually predicted that this film would only cover half the events that occur in the novel. The original 1986 Stephen King novel, it has about 1,048 pages and covers events that could be divided into two sagas. So the first half being the events that happen in the summer of 1989 and then the second half being the events that happen 27 years later where the members of the Losers Club, as they are called in the novel, are now all grown up and return to Derry, Maine to fight it once again. And just as I predicted, the movie only covered the events of summer 1989. Once the movie itself had ended, we see the title credits roll as IT, Chapter 1, which means Chapter 2 will definitely cover the events 27 years later down the road once the Lucky Seven returned to Derry, Maine, now as adults to fight IT again. And I realized this much later, but once all the credits roll and at the very end, of the credits we actually hear Pennywise's creepy laughter which means that it was not defeated as the children had probably were thinking in the back of their mind so definitely this implies that there will be a part two releasing within I hope the next three years. So as the case with most movies that are based on novels there were things that were mentioned in the novel that were not mentioned in the movie and one of those things would be the turtle entity in the book the turtle entity is defined as the antagonist to the it entity however this was not mentioned at all in the movie but we do see a visual reference to the turtle entity and that would be in the scene where bill is standing in georgie's bedroom and he picks up a lego constructed animal if you look closely enough that animal is in fact the turtle so we have seen that visual reference to the turtle in chapter one, whether we will see more of the turtle and its explanation and its relation to it in chapter two is a very good question. Hopefully that will be addressed in chapter two of the franchise. So in the novel, we see actually this force known as deadlights being mentioned and deadlights is actually a force and Pennywise is the manifestation of this force. Other alias for Deadlights, Pennywise is of course it. So in the book we see the force Deadlights and its manifestation as Pennywise. They're both one and the same but Pennywise is the manifestation of Deadlights. In the movie we however get a visual reference to Deadlights in the scene where Pennywise is strangling Bev, we see Pennywise start to open his mouth up and in Pennywise's mouth there are three bright lights circling around in his mouth and Bev sees this. So I guess this is the director's way of showing that Deadlights, the force, is within Pennywise and that the three lights is symbolic for Deadlights. However, in the book, we don't get many mention of three white lights taking on this form as being dead lights. So another thing that was seen in the novel quite frequently but only briefly referenced on screen was the phrase beep beep Richie. In the novel, the Losers Club used this line to shut up Richie when he is running his mouth or talking too much. In the movie, we only see a mention of this line where Pennywise sees Richie and then says the phrase beep beep Richie. One more thing that I've noticed that is different between the novel and the film is the role of the researcher. 
in the movie, we see that Ben has this role as he's the one that's going to the library and looking into the gruesome details of Derry's history and eventually reporting his findings back to the other members of the group. However, in the novel, this role is actually given to Mike Hanlon, who was encouraged by his own father to look into the sinister history of Derry. And he's the one that was reporting back to the other members of the group. In fact, we actually see that Ben grows up and actually becomes the town librarian and also becomes the only member of the Lucky Seven group to stay in the town of Derry. He is also the one that actually calls up the other members of the group once he realizes that it has returned after 27 years to plague the town of Derry again. So something that I enjoyed seeing in the film very much was Pennywise's shape-shifting abilities. We see that Pennywise is able to take on the form of the fear for each of the seven children and he's able to change into the different fears depending on each of the child. So as an example we see for Eddie he takes on the form of a leper because Eddie's a hypochondriac, he has a strong fear for disease and infection, he takes on that form. But for Stanley he takes on the form of the painted lady that hangs in his father's office at the synagogue. He takes on this form because that's the form that Stanley fears. So I thought that was pretty cool to see on the screen. I haven't seen the 1990 miniseries, so I can't really make a comparison to that. But for now, I rate this shape-shifting ability and witnessing it on screen. I thought that was pretty cool. So this actually brings me to an interesting point because Pennywise is able to be seen by children, but adults seem somewhat oblivious to him even or aren't even aware of Pennywise existing. They say that the bad things that are happening in the town of Derry are just probably bad incidents, bad luck, stuff like that. So why is it that Pennywise is able to be seen only by children and not by adults? And I think the reason for this is because children have more physical fears. And when you think about it, when you're a kid, what are the, what are the things you fear the most? Monsters, aliens, stuff like that, right? But like, as adults, what are the things that you start to fear? You fear things that are not tangible living things or, or things that have a physical form. You fear things like rejection, for example. So that's my theory of why Pennywise is it only to be seen by children and not by adults. For me, I think my biggest fear as a kid was probably Lord Voldemort. I saw Harry Potter the first film and I was absolutely terrified by the dark hooded figure that was Lord Voldemort in the first film. But I definitely grew out of that fear and I'm not afraid of Lord Voldemort anymore. Mostly because he's dead in the series and he's a fictional character. But for the most part, I'm not afraid of dark hooded figures anymore. But as an adult, my fears are definitely a lot different. I fear things like what most adults fear, which is rejection. And like most people, I definitely do not want to see Pennywise as an adult, because still that's creepy, but mostly because if I saw Pennywise as an adult, would Pennywise turn into a rejection letter and run into me? Like, that's not creepy and scary, that's just pretty weird. I want to take a moment here to talk about my favorite scenes from the movie. So I actually have two scenes in mind. One of them was the projector scene where we see all the kids in the garage looking over the projector slides, trying to figure out where the central area is for all the attacks. And we see eventually that Pennywise emerges from the projector. Definitely made me jump in the theater without a doubt so scary but at the same time there was comic relief happening in the background with Eddie and Richie and they're like swearing and for some reason I found it entertaining so the scene was both entertaining and terrifying for me and my second favorite scene in the whole movie was 
the scene where Pennywise emerges from the refrigerator and starts taunting Eddie. We see him have this new element to Pennywise, which is very mocking and taunting. He's mocking and taunting Eddie's asthma condition. For some reason, it's both entertaining and at the same time, totally rude, totally below the belt. And to make things worse, Pennywise then later starts taunting Bill and he starts saying, am I not real enough for you? Is this not real enough for you? It was real enough for Georgie. And that's when I was thinking to myself, wow, so below the belt, so rude, so savage. He should just be called Pettywise, not Pennywise the Clown. So there are actually more darker elements of the novel that were either altogether left behind or only briefly referenced on the movie. And one of those things was Patrick Hoxetter's more violent tendencies. I am definitely not going to get into the details of that because it's definitely more darker and gruesome stuff. But if you are interested in learning more, feel free to pick up a copy of Stephen King's novel, It. I think it's a fantastic read despite its lengthy 1048 pages and its more darker aspects that are heavily portrayed in the novel. So pick it up. I think it's a fantastic read. As for the movie, I think it's a, it was a fantastic movie, very entertaining for a horror film, very well done performances by the entire cast, jump scares were well placed and well thought out, and I am very much looking forward to chapter 2 of the franchise when it does release. And this is it for uh, this week's edition of The Monkey's Playgrounds. Uh, please tune in next week where I will be discussing some of the books that I'll be reading in the following week. Please do subscribe to The Monkey's Playground on SoundCloud. I am looking forward to discussing my book review with everyone next week. Take care.